You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day for... Friday, December 30th. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, that's J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres. My personal account, I tweet a bunch of different things. The Padres account, oh, it's all Padres. All the time. You know what I'm saying? It's great. It's lovely. So go check that out. And if you want to see the YouTube, which I've been upgrading slowly in an aesthetic sense, recently i've been getting some purchases right i got this little tatis bobblehead which you can check out a link to in the description it makes for a good gift maybe a three kings day gift now that we're past uh christmas hope everybody enjoyed the holidays or if you just want to see my muhammad ali hoodie that i've worn like a thousand times an apology for the beanie uh that i'm wearing that it's not san diego padres colors my apologies this is the nearest one by me and i want to keep my head warm but skip but speaking of keeping your head warm Ladies and gentlemen, people have been getting a little silly lately in the head. Very silly. And what I mean by that is they've been talking about Manny Machado leaving the Padres. Absurd. Has to be, right? Well, let's talk about it on today's show, guys. Let's start with first Manny Machado as a Padre and what he has meant for the Padres. I don't think that it really is going to come as a shock to people, but Manny Machado is one of the probably like... I don't know. I imagine there's some Thurman Moosegood Jr. from 1945, but for the majority of the franchise history, probably one of the like six or seven best players the Padres have ever had. You know, up there with your, you know, um, with your Tony Gwynn, with your, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Trevor Hoffman, right? Maybe an Adrian Gonzalez, players like that, right? And Tatis is Probably already in that uh, sphere as well, but he's one of the great players to ever play for the San Diego Padres, so you have to keep that in mind. And in terms of just overall value in baseball, since 2020, there are only five players with a higher F4 than Manny Machado. Cumulative F4 since 2020. If you want to include 2019, his first season with the Padres, it was a little bit weaker. Um, He does lower a little bit on the rankings. He's about 16th. Um, if I'm not mistaken, but it's only Paul Goldschmidt, Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, Jose Ramirez, and Aaron Judge. And one thing that he has a little bit of an advantage over over some of those other players is that he's a little bit more of a well-rounded player when it comes to the offense and defense. I'm not necessarily saying everybody listening to this right now doesn't know this, but it's worth repeating, you know what I mean? When it comes to defense, when it comes to power without the sacrifice of batting average or contact skills, when it comes to all that, Manny Machado is kind of your guy. I mean, this is a guy who can hit for a whole lot of power. And over this stretch, still just a 17.7% strikeout percentage, which kind of shows you that there. I'm not, I don't have a fear of a Manny Machado dip. You know what I'm saying? And don't get me wrong, the strikeout percentage doesn't always mean that you're going to fall incredibly, but it does mean that something like a batting average, right? Your ability to put the ball in play might just, you might have an off year. You might just all of a sudden hit 230, right? Or 240. And we did sort of see that with Manny in 2019. And I think that 2019 is actually, believe it or not, in my opinion, probably one of the best examples or kind of great summations of why Manny Machado is so great. That was his down year, and he still managed to hit more than 30 home runs. You know what I'm saying? And he still had a decent batting average and an okay on base. I don't have it right in front of me right now. I'm going to pull it up. But 
I think it's it goes without saying that Manny Machado is awesome, and I know that the defense isn't quite as good as it used to be, not in his prime days in uh, Baltimore. But I think part of that is because maybe last year he was carrying so much of the weight offensively for the team that maybe he slipped a tiny bit defensively. I personally think that he should have won the MVP this past year. I thought that the narrative was stronger for him. I thought that it was weird that if we're talking about most valuable, and maybe this could be my NFL and basketball brains mixing into baseball and that this is just like a baseball thing and that we ignore that stuff. But for me, I don't want to ignore the narrative and I don't want to look past the fact that, you know, Paul Goldschmidt and Arenado are two finalists. How can one of them be the MVP if they literally have a teammate who is in the final, right? Like that's just... To me, anyway, I could be totally wrong, but like your Trey Turner picks, your Mookie Betts picks, your Freddie Freeman picks, all those, I was like, yeah, but Manny really did, heading into the year, you knew for a fact he needed to carry. I know that the Cardinals had some injuries, with Tommy Edmond getting a little bit banged up, with Tyler O'Neill, with Dylan Carlson, with, um, um, what's his name, um, Harrison Bader even getting traded, right? Like, I know that they had their fair share of things that went wrong, but heading into the year... Cardinals didn't have nearly as much of an issue on the batting side of things. Manny Machado, absolutely. It was like, oh, hopefully Jake Cronenworth can be great, right? That was kind of the vibe heading into the season, that it was him and Jake. Jake ended up being just a solid player, right? But then not being as good offensively as he was the past two years. But anyway, you get my point. I think he should win the MVP last year. And if you take all that into account, you know, even in 2018, if you want to go even further before the Padres, this is a guy who routinely is going to give you at minimum like a four-win season. Pretty much, all things considered, I don't. I know that again. Twenty nineteen was a little bit down, a little bit weird defensively, and again, didn't hit as well as he should have. But still, thirty two homers for a down year. I will take that every time. And the rest of that team in twenty nineteen, by the way, struggled. So it's hard for me to put it all on him. But anyway, as a result of all of this success that Manny Machado has enjoyed, he should have won the MVP last year, as we know, and they went super far into the playoffs. Everybody's wondering, well, he's got to leave, right? He's got a player option after this season, right? He's making $30 million right now, which is a whole lot, which is something that needs to be, I think, brought up in this. I don't like assuming things in baseball when it comes to who's going to be a free agent, who's going to be worth X, who's going to be blah. I think that it's just a little bit unfair because there are players that enter free agency all the time that you don't think would be these desired pieces or you think that there are pieces that would have been desired more, right? I've talked about Michael Conforto a lot, who unfortunately ah, signed with the San Francisco Giants. That was my dream pick. No cartwheel for you guys, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> uh, but I don't like assuming that. If Manny Machado were to have a little bit of a down year, I don't think it would change his free agent prospects all that much. But I will say that unlike the Fernando Tatis Jr. rumors, which we talked about in this podcast a couple weeks ago, that were essentially perpetuated by ESPN radio personalities that I think it was a slow news day for them, which says a lot because we'd had a lot of news over the past few weeks. You even have the World Cup. Like, I don't know why you guys had to contrive a story. But they were talking about Tatis being someone that the Yankees may trade for, right? And now, unlike that story, though, this Manny Machado one does at least have some weight because he could get paid a whole lot. It's him and Rafael Devers, Right. And I actually would wonder if Padres fans, if you heard that Manny Machado left, but you would get Rafael Devers in return, I wonder how they feel about it. I personally wouldn't want it because I've just grown so accustomed to Manny, and I don't think that the difference in their talent is, the discrepancy is that big for me to ignore that stuff. I just think Manny's a Padre. Um, 
But you look at the rest of the third baseman available next year, Matt Chapman, you know, Josh Donaldson has a mutual option. I don't think that that's going to be a highly coveted player. But you never know, right? He could have a bounce-back season with the Yankees, and all of a sudden, people get excited about him, even at his old age. And then you've got, you know, Eduardo Escobar with a club option, Machado, who has the opt-out, Gio Urshela, Joey Wendell. Joey Wendell, though, don't sleep on that guy. Not that the Padres should be going after him, but I don't know. I I smell like a a three-and-a-half win season for that guy. I think he plays good defense and will be a decent at-bat. I could be wrong, though, Um, especially if he stays healthy. But... I will say that the the overall, the realism, the possibility of Manny Machado leaving is, is definitely a lot more feasible than the Fernando Tatis Jr. situation, which is, I genuinely think, pretty absurd. I just don't see a world in where he was going to be traded like soon, like this offseason. Maybe down the line, sure, if things don't go well, if he comes back from the suspension hurt, sure. But even if that happens, you have to take into account the massive contract the Padres already gave him, so... Again, it's a whole lot of weirdness. But with Manny, not so much. But before we continue talking about it, ladies and gentlemen, before we continue talking about it, and maybe why there's even more reason why Manny Machado could leave, let me just take a quick second to not tell any jokes. There's no laughing matter here. This is serious. This isn't like the Tatis trade rumors. Guys, just want to talk to you about driving straight and sober. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many, which happens sometimes. And as the evening comes to an end and people start to, you know, leave and head out and whatnot, you think of calling for a ride, but you're like, no, no, man, I'm I'm, I'm nearby. I can make it. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over? You know, even so, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah, maybe you get pulled over or whatever, but it's fine, right? Your insurance goes up, you know, you lose your license. Oh, you get a couple points on your license or whatever. You total your car or you could even kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So, if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. Be responsible. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over, guys. Not worth the risk drunk, high, whatever, don't do that. It's a risk to yourself and people around you. We want people to be safe, especially during these these holiday seasons. Very important message. So shouts to the people at the NHTSA. Drive sober or get pulled over. But let's keep going. Let's keep going, ladies and gentlemen. Back to Manny, Mr. Machado, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, here's some more evidence as to why I think it's totally feasible that Manny Machado could leave. Because if he has another great year, there are teams out there. And I think that unlike the Tatis thing, where they were just spewing nonsense, like the Yankees are just probably going to hope that Anthony Volpe or Oswaldo Peraza, their two shortstop prospects, are going to be great. That's what they're probably hoping on, and they're going to allocate their resources elsewhere. Unless I've seen something that's changed, unless those two can play third, the Yankees don't have too much at third base. And this has been a thing for a while, actually, since maybe Chase Headley, former Padre, was on that team. And it's not like Chase Headley was an incredible player for them, um, but he was certainly a solid, steady player. And often, I think his post-2013 season, what was it? I forgot when um, when he almost won the MVP, Chase Headley. I'm going to look that up really quickly right now. 2012, okay, so I was a couple years off. I think that the, the Chase Headley had a little bit of an underrated stretch after that. 
for F4. That's not that bad. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's definitely not that bad, especially if the rest of your team is pretty good. Um, I think the Padres maybe should have traded him. Maybe. I don't know. They should have got that at the right time. But that's basically the last time a decent third baseman was there for the Yankees. Gio Urshela wasn't very good for them because he can only play defense. And his bat... He had like one season where he just caught fire and that was kind of it. And then they move for Josh Donaldson, who's expensive and clearly not the MVP player that he was once upon a time and enemy of Manny Machado, right? So I could see a world in which the Yankees next year are like ready to give this guy the bag because they need a third baseman. So instead of this Tatis stuff, they're like, let's go give Manny Machado $38 million a year for another eight years, whatever it is, right? Increase his overall annual salary. And then he can go light it up in New York. And for a team that has already got, you know, Aaron Judge locked up, they just made that signing of Rodon, I could see it. And I do think that Manny Machado, I don't even think this, we know, he very much cares about winning. And I know a lot of people roasted him back in the day for choosing the Padres because people have no, uh, if we learned one thing for Blockbuster, you know what I'm saying? People do not have vision. They, They are not great at projecting the future. And Machado saw that the Padres had a great farm system and he was ready to go there on top of the nice paycheck too. Um, And the Yankees certainly do have a lot of good stuff there. So I would not rule that out. The Yankees fans are right about that in the sense of they do have a need at third base. Machado could have that. He could have another great year for the Padres and then they could sign him. And what do you do, right? The other thing that I think makes the possibility of him leaving um, more true is that I I am wondering about some of the moves they've made. And some of the moves that they've made over the past year, um, the Padres, is, look, they have Fernando Tatis Jr. locked up. That's a super-duper MVP-quality player. Then you have the trade for Juan Soto. If Manny Machado were to walk or think about leaving, the Padres may be more inclined to be like, you know what, let's extend Juan Soto, who at his best, I, I don't mean this in a at all negative towards Manny Machado, at his best a better player and better overall asset than Manny Machado, especially when you take into account the age, which is a huge, huge part of that, right? I think Machado is consistent, steady, and he's shown it for a lot more time. So I think if you had someone for just a certain year, that's who you'd want. But Juan Soto is still only 24, and his worst like major league season, aside from his rookie year, the guy had a 3.8 F4, and a lot of it was drawn down by some weird defensive stuff. He's still got an incredible WRC plus 145, which is absurd. Like, he's absolutely broken when it comes to offensively. This guy has an automatic 400 on base every year and hits for power, right? So that could be a, a thing. Is it possible that the Padres said, we traded for Juan Soto because we think he's going to help our chances win this year and the next year and the year after that when they still have club control? And also because we know that our best player and one of our franchise players does have the ability to opt out after this next season. Totally fair. And then you have the Xander Bogart signing. signing. Is that a sign that the Padres are like, and I know that shortstop is different, right? Shortstop second. I'm not talking about necessarily positions right now. I'm just talking about if you're the Padres organization, do you bring in some of these guys and you say, well, Tatis, Bogart, Soto? We can afford to let Manny walk. I wouldn't do that necessarily because Manny rules and he's been awesome for this team. He's been a great leader. I love his interactions with all the players, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously the Tatis one didn't end up uh, being so great, but you get my point. And I think that he would be awesome. He's been easily the most exciting Padre. He clearly likes being here. He's done interviews and stuff. This is not an Eric Hosmer situation where he's just this total diva that doesn't care seemingly about interacting with any of San Diego. Uh, fans, seemingly. I, I, again, 
I posed this question a couple weeks ago. I have not seen one person take a picture with Eric Hosmer in the last like three years. I swear. I've never seen, I've seen one fan post it. Even when people were defending him, I haven't seen one person do that. I saw Chris Paddock, right? I remember the Chris Paddock photos. I've seen everyone except Eric Hosmer. But no, uh, back on track. So those three guys, those moves make me wonder, hey, these are smart people that run the Padres. There's smart people all over Major League Baseball. They see ahead, and they can see, all right, well, huh. So I'm wondering if the trade, for Juan Soto especially, and the signing of Xander Bogarts, is a sign that the Padres are like, we're going to try. We're certainly going to try. He is a Padre. And I imagine he still wants to stay with the Padres. I think that that's a totally real thing. He's been awesome here. They love him here. And by they, I mean you. I mean the fans. And I, I love him here. He's fantastic. It's so much fun. He's given, given us a lot of great memories. Um... And that says a lot, even cons- he's Machado is so beloved that even with Tatis there, a lot of people still view him as like the the heart of the team. I think when Tatis is right, he's the most exciting, he's the most blockbuster, but Manny's still the guy. And I even think with Soto arriving, Manny's still that guy. Uh, and for a lot of reasons, right? So, but I, I do, I will say for all those aforementioned reasons, it's totally possible. One, with the Yankee possibility absolutely making sense. Um, hey, the Red Sox, if they wake up, and decide, oh yeah, let's pay again. I forgot that we're worth like more than almost every single team in the league except the Yankees. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe they'll wake up next year and say, yeah, let's go sign Manny Machado. We have a need at third base. We just lost Devers. I don't know. It could happen. You could see the Mets going crazy again, right? I wouldn't like that. You could see all sorts of teams doing it, but especially the Yankees, I do agree with that because they've had a third base issue for a while now. And even before that, I don't know who's the best third baseman, like, A-Rod? Was it A-Rod? I don't remember the Yankee third basemans from like pre-2016. Not really. But that's totally possible that they're like, you know, let's go get ourselves a star third baseman. We should have gotten Machado back when he was first a free agent if our ownership wasn't playing a little penny pinching. They should have either gotten him or Bryce Harper and they didn't. Instead, they decided to pull back on that and wait. And clearly that was a mistake for the Padres or the Yankees because... If they're expecting Manny to decline, that did not happen. So maybe this could be a let's make things right sort of move for the the Yankees. And then for the reasons that I just explained about Bogarts and Soto, maybe they're prepping for the possibility. But again, that could just be me, ladies and gentlemen. And again, I don't know what's going to happen. I stress this all the time. Juan Soto was not on the radar for Padres fans, any fans really, until the trade deadline, until he declined that second, I think it was the second official offer um, from the Nationals, they could be saying, you know what, no. Like, it's it's just, (laughs) we can't do that. And everyone wanted Nick Castellanos. Everyone wanted the Padres to go out and get Carlos Rodon. Maybe some interesting pitcher is going to be available. And maybe, let's talk objectively for a second, Maybe it wouldn't be the absolute worst thing in the world if Manny Machado left. I would be very sad. It would definitely be sad and not great. I'm not going to go as far to say that they should let him walk. But if he gets paid a whole lot of money and the Padres, if we trust them, which I think that ownership and AJ Preller and management have deserved trust at this point, that you could say, all right, well, hopefully they allocate it better. If Manny Machado left, but then they re-signed Juan Soto, and then they spent some of that money. Darvish and Snell are also going to be coming off the books. If they spent that money on some pitchers the following year, uh, if you look at pitching, you know, Alex Cobb as a club option, that's a cheap guy who you could definitely get for the back of your rotation. Um, But then Kenta Maeda, 
Herman Marquez outside cores might be interesting. But more importantly, you've got um, Aaron Nola, who I think would be, who I personally am going to predict will be the number one free agent starting pitcher um, heading after the season. You've got you Darvish if you want to re-sign him. Jack Flaherty if he can ever figure it out. Lucas Giolito if he can ever figure anything out. Sonny Gray. Maybe they decide to kind of buff their rotation, a rotation that past this year is basically just going to be Joe Musgrove versus the world. Right, Joe Musgrove and Nick Martinez versus the world. So if they decide to allocate their money that way, what I'm trying to say is that would that is not a a a solution that should be dismissed. Um, I'm not saying I would do it. I haven't decided yet. I want to see how the season goes. Right? If the season goes great and Nick Martinez is awesome and Seth Lugo transfers and some prospect we've never heard of comes up, right? And maybe they make a trade for some dude. Maybe um. Shane Bieber randomly becomes available. Pablo Lopez, who the Padres, according to Dennis Lynn, are interested in acquiring. Uh, go check out my episode from a couple weeks back with um, Peter Pratt about that, um, which I thought was a really fun episode where we talked about trading Grisham. Totally could work. Um, some people may say Shohei Otani. I think that's a little bit out of the price range for the Padres, only because I think that there are other teams that are going to want to do that more. I think the, the Giants, assuming the Correa stuff continues by going to the Mets, then I think they're going to be motivated to be like, we're bringing in our next big guy. Um, and he's going to be a star for us. I know there's a pretty big Asian population down there. That will bring more fans for sure. I imagine front offices think that about that a little bit themselves. And then also he's just a freak. <laughs> like he's just a freak. He would solve a whole bunch of things. And then you've got the Dodgers who didn't do a giant move this offseason. Although I think they did some very good moves with um, Noah Syndergaard and who's the other one? They do another one? I forgot. Who the heck did they they sign? I forgot. They signed someone, though, that I thought was a pretty good move for them. Maybe because they're thinking, we want to be. All right? You know how we bring ourselves back on the map after getting embarrassed? Hold on. Still drinking the tears. Mm. Gotta drink them. Gotta. Gotta stay hydrated. Um, maybe after all that, they're like, oh, yeah, let's let's go out and make another splash. It's We took one year off. <laughs> we took one year off of signing a big-time free agent. Now we're going to bring in Otani. So I could see that. Um, and that being the reason the Padres, I don't think, could go in that direction. And then you've got some other interesting options right there. Uh, Mark Canna with a club option. I think that would be a fascinating one if they somehow don't keep him. Teoscar Hernandez hits for a lot of power. He's interesting. If the Padres are really desperate, Jorge Soler. If they want a Puerto Rican, Eddie Rosario. I know, I'm kidding on that one. If Jesse Winker, that's a great example of a player that nobody regards highly right now. But if he puts together a big season contract year in Milwaukee... All of a sudden, you may see the Keith Law top 50 free agents, and he's number 12, and we're all talking about him, right? So we don't know who's going to blow up. We don't know what's going to happen, if some prospect's going to come out, if someone's going to become available for trade. But all that laid out, I think that it is totally feasible that he could leave the Padres, um, especially if a team that's more desperate for a superstar decides to come in, right? I could see it. Otherwise, though, one thing I will say, and just from what I've heard, I definitely would think that... Not a hometown discount, but I definitely think that Manny will listen to the Padres. I don't think this is some situation where it's going to be like he's gone immediately, right? Like this isn't going to be a player who once they hit the open market, you're like, oh yeah, that guy's gone. You know, I don't, I don't see that, right? I imagine that he'll take some meetings with the Padres. I think Preller has done a great job cultivating relationships with players for the most part, and clearly everybody seems pretty content there. And they bring in Bob Melvin, a professional manager. So don't, don't dismay too much, Padres fans. Don't dismay that he's going to leave, and if he does leave, look at what the Padres have done in the past three years, 
and say to yourself, well, they're going to do it only because there's a commitment to winning. This is not the Red Sox. This is not, you know, um, I can't name another team right now. This is not one of those other teams who are just going to let them go. And all of a sudden they're signing Rich Hill and they're signing all these cheap options. Justin Turner, the Red Sox, right? It's not that. I think if they did let him go, they're going to re-sign Soto and they're going to allocate that money elsewhere, especially on the pitching side of things, because it gets pretty dark. Manny Machado, not Manny Machado, Joe Musgrove and Nick Martinez versus the world is what is currently slated for 2024, especially without the farm system. Again, yeah, someone could have a good year. All of a sudden, someone could just appear out of thin air that we'll get excited about. Always seems to happen, right? Maybe um, Ryan Weathers figures it out. But for now, that is my sort of takeaway on the whole situation. And I wonder what you guys think. Would you be absolutely dead inside? Do you think it really is a possibility he leaves in free agency? Or you think the Padres are just like all hands on deck? We're keeping the boys together. And that maybe Soto is the one that they might be more willing to let go. And they're just going to take advantage of these two years that they have. I even talk about that possibility. Everyone talks about, oh, the Padres would love to keep Soto. Well, maybe they're just... They traded a whole lot for two and a half incredible years of an incredible player. It's not that bad, especially if it results in a World Series or even just general success, right? Like, so don't assume, you also, we also shouldn't assume that Soto is someone that they want to resign immediately. I think it's fascinating. If you had to choose between the two from a baseball standpoint, you'd probably choose Soto. But then again, we don't know. We don't know. Not even my little bobblehead Tatis knows, right, buddy? Yeah, he doesn't know. Ooh, wow! Uh, he doesn't know either. Um, so I'm really excited to see how it transpires. And I'm still excited to see how the rest of free agency transpires. I think the pods maybe have like a move left. They still need to figure out the outfield. I don't know what the starting outfield is going to look like. Obviously, you have Tatis coming along. Matt Carpenter could be the DH. He could be a utility guy who moves around. But I'm still a little bit more, not certain, but I'm still a little bit more... Um, I don't know, wondering if they're going to add a little bit more of a full-time player. Jerickson Profar is still out there. He hasn't signed with any team. I don't know how I'd feel about him if they brought him back in terms of the money cost. I think that there were other more interesting options out there. Or maybe they're working on a trade for Brian Reynolds, which I talked about with Ethan Smith of Lockdown Pirates. Maybe Trent Grisham is the centerpiece in that. Going to be interesting. Going to be interesting, guys. It is the waning moments of the year. But make no mistake, AJ Preller is cooking. I know he is. And I think you know he is, too. He's cooking. He's cooking something real good. You know what I'm saying? I know. It's exciting, man. It's exciting. But with that all being said, everybody, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. One of the last episodes of the year in terms of what's coming up in the future. Going to be talking with Ryan Stiles of Locked On Royals and Locked On Thunder if you're an NBA fan about some of our baseball new year's resolutions that one might come out like on a saturday actually uh just because this one's coming out on a friday and i didn't have a chance to post it um also assuming the korea news goes through assuming and I, I i think it's more likely that it does they're just working out some kinks in the contract uh ryan finkelstein of locked on mets has agreed to come on the show to talk about and debate embrace debate first take you know what i'm saying or undisputed or uh the high noon whatever debate show you want to bring up um to talk about well who does have the better infield in baseball the padres or the mets i actually think it's gonna be a fascinating conversation if we have that debate i really do i think it's actually genuinely fascinating it should be a lot of fun so we're gonna talk about that because why not 
And then, of course, if any signing happens, you guys know where to tune in. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres. You know, Padres content at L-O, at L-O underscore Padres all the time. And then movies, comic books, and then, of course, some Padres stuff, too, on my personal account. And subscribe to the YouTube. Get yourself a bobblehead in the link of the podcast. And until next time. Stay safe and of course stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care. Come on, come on, come on.